The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This morning our gospel message comes from Luke 9, verses 28 through 36. It can be found on your pew Bible on page 1609. Luke records, about eight days after Jesus said this, He took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor. They were talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. And Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, It is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves. They did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to reread from the gospel this morning and comment. About eight days. After Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Notice that it's eight days. What had been going on the seven days before? Well, it was the Feast of the Tabernacles, also called the Feast of Booths. First time I heard it, I thought it was the Feast of Booths. I'm like, that doesn't sound biblical to me, but Booths. Annunciation matters. This is a time when the Jewish people were to gather in Jerusalem, not only to remember God's provision in the wilderness, but also to look forward to the promised messianic age when all nations will flow to the city to worship the Lord. 
that hope of a Messiah coming to make all things new again, all things right. They were celebrating. And if you think right now about one of the grandest celebrations you've ever attended, can you picture it in your mind? Now picture that for seven days. Seven days. That is what Jesus and I call them the boys had just come from. Back to the scripture, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor. And they were talking with Jesus. And they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. You notice also that as he was praying, that's when things happen. As he was praying, we see Moses and Elijah, prophets of God, and both of them had mountaintop experiences, didn't they? What is it about mountains? Is it the view? I think so. Yes, Carol. Yeah, it's the view. It helps us to see more than what we might see were we to focus on our navel, navel gazing. Elijah had a mountaintop experience first at Mount Carmel when he proves that Baal is no god. Oh, he may have been a god with a little g, but he was no god. Do you remember that? Do you remember how they had a fire-starting contest? God worked through Elijah and revealed his glory, his power, his might, and his faithfulness. And Elijah was also on Mount Sinai, the same place that Moses was and where Moses had stood centuries before him when Moses received a great revelation from God. When Elijah was there, behold, it says in Scripture in Kings, 1 Kings, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and the Lord was not in the earthquake, and the Lord was not in the fire. Moses on Mount Sinai orchestrated a great event. Again, it impressed the crowds. There was thunder. There was lightning. There were earthquakes and fire. Astounding. What a spectacle. What a wonderful manifestation of God's power. The truth is, shortly after that, The people were off worshiping a golden cow. And when Moses saw this coming down from the mountain, he took the tablets of revelation that God had given him. And he threw them down and they were broken. And it was only 
after Moses went back up that mountain to commune with God in a, listen, commune with God in a quiet way without the public, communing with God in an intimate way that the second set of tablets emerged and the renewal of the covenant emerged. The takeaway here is that the effects of a big show, the effects of a big show are at best short-lived. When was the last show you saw? Short-lived. Magnificent show, but the people grew tired. And they talked to Aaron said, he's not coming back. We need something to worship. And as we know, out popped a cow, right? Those things are short-lived in our perishable, short-sighted, navel-gazing, what's-it-in-for-me view. Now, Scripture goes on further, and it says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Asleep again. What is it with these guys? What is it with me? What is it with you? We sleep. Not just the eight hours that we need at night, but we sleep. When God is in front of us, we sleep. When we're hearing the word of God, we sleep. When we read God, we sleep as we walk through this life. We should be listening. Further in Scripture, as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I love this part. I identify it. How about you? He did not know what he was saying. Made sense to him. I mean, he just came from the the festival of the tabernacles, right? He just came from this wonderful thing where booths were set up. Let's set up a booth for all you guys. This is great. I don't want it to end. It'll be a festival forever. Right? Made sense to him. Well, it may make sense to us too. They did not want the good times to end. We don't want the good times to end when we're on that mountaintop experience. Do we? Now we know that Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Elijah. But the boys didn't understand that yet. And neither did the Jews. Moses, Father Moses, the great prophet, they were hinging on him. They were celebrating the coming of the new Messiah. And he was there. Ta-da! And they're like, you know, get out of the way, Jesus. We're waiting for the Messiah. I mean, there's Moses and Elijah, and you're pretty great too. 
we'll hang out for a while. But they didn't get it. They thought that the three might be equal. At least Moses was greater than, and we know through Scripture that Moses was not. Imagine this as Jesus speaks when he said in John 2, 19 through 21, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They're leaning on their own understanding because their reply reveals that when they said, they replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple that Jesus had spoken of was his body. Leaning on our own understanding. They're walking through and looking at this beautiful building. Oh my gosh, isn't this great? Not one stone will stand on another. How can that be? How can that be? We need to have a view from the mountaintop. That's how our focal point, from our focal point, it needs to be from up, not gazing at our navel. Back to Scripture. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud, and a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. The Father speaks. He reveals his Son. He gives them an order. And he gives us an order. What is that order? Listen to him. Are you listening? And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time what they had seen. I laugh at that. That's the one time they kept their mouth shut. I'm thinking that's miraculous intervention. I wish the Lord would impart that on me sometimes. But why not speak of this to anyone at the time? Why? I mean, it's amazing. The effects of the big show are at best short-lived. Hey, you guys aren't going to believe what we saw. You know, just the three of us because we're greater than the rest of you kind of. You're down here. We're up here. See the difference? Mountaintop. Ground level. The witness testimony of Peter, John, and James would be long lived as they one day would go forth and proclaim Christ as Lord. And that proclamation would be long lasting, far reaching. But that's not what Jesus had come and been sent to do, is it? At that point, Jesus turned resolutely towards Jerusalem to head to the completion of his mission. Are you listening? We lean on our own understanding 
when we don't understand the circumstances that we are in, just like Peter and the boys. We see, we size up, and we act in accordance to our own knowledge. I know what we need to do here, you guys. We need to put together some tents so we can hang out, right? We build a tabernacle to continue the party. We Google questions that we have. We go to WebMD to self-diagnose. Don't do that. You can manifest every one of those symptoms if you really, <laughs> you don't even have to try. Huh? I've seen a lot of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've done that, haven't you? Me too. We find comfort from people. We find comfort from places. We find comfort in things that we ought not. Sometimes we ourselves rely on what we see from whereupon we sit. We rely on what we see from where we sit rather in opposition, in contrast to what God sees from where he sits. Whose wisdom are you going to trust? We can only build that which is perishable. Like the tent, like the booth of the And we covet the perishable. We do everything to maintain the perishable. We put our trust, our attention, our values often on things that rust, on things that moths eat, on things that thieves steal. It ought not be. We are short-sighted, and we need to adjust our vision as from the top of the mountain. And the Holy Bible gives us this view. If we look and listen, we will know God's will. If we listen, and here's what the boys were missing, that God was revealing with Jesus on the mountaintop. Jesus, he was not reflecting God's glory. Think of that, how, how bright it was. Think of the brightest flash you ever had back in the day. Those flash bulbs would go out and, and, and lightning flashes. Have you been blinded by the light before? If the light's shining on you, don't you do this? Put your hands up over your eyes. But at best, all that that is happening is that light is reflecting off of you. And, and that light that was on Moses on his mountaintop experience, that, that light that was on Elijah on that experience was just a reflection of God's glory. But no, the light that was upon, nay, the light was emanating from Jesus. Another revelation. The light was coming out of Jesus and only God can do that. A revelation. Ta-da! Are you listening? Moses and Elijah reflected God's glory, but remember, oh yeah, well anyway, I missed that in my notes, but do you remember when Moses came down and he was so shiny that people like, and they put a veil, but it was still shining through? 
That was the reflection of God. Jesus is the manifestation of the glory of God. And so we know that Jesus had to turn resolutely to Jerusalem to enact, and are you listening? To enact an exodus. Moses led an exodus. Jesus has been called the second Moses. But Jesus is enacting an exodus. What exodus, pastor? Jesus came to rescue the world, the whole world, Jew and Gentile, from the prison of sin and death. He came to lead us out of captivity and into the promised new and eternal life that only God can provide imperishable. He's leading, he led the exodus for us out of sin and death to everlasting life. Jesus doesn't want us to build a tabernacle that perishes. He is the tabernacle, the one and the only dwelling place for those who repent, are baptized, and believe. He is our strong tower. We are in him. And thank God he is in us through his Holy Spirit. God wants to tabernacle with us. He wants to camp, if you will, to camp with you here on earth. And he does with his Holy Spirit in your heart, in my heart, in all who would believe, confess him. All who are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he dwells within you. What we get from this transfiguration is this. Jesus is the focal point He is the new Moses. He is the new Elijah. Jesus does not just talk about the will of God, God's kingdom agenda, if you will. Jesus is the fulfillment, the fulfillment of God's plan to rescue a world that he so loves. Are you listening? Jesus comes to us now through the word and the sacrament. Today, at this altar, he comes to us. You received him through your baptism. You are joined to the exodus that he led. You are joined to his death. And you are joined to his resurrection. Are you listening? Now, the church bears witness to God's legacy of faithfulness that we witness through Moses and Elijah and Jesus. And together, the church, we confess Jesus to be the Son of God to whom we must listen. Are you listening? In the name of Jesus. Amen.